Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Stuttering Springboard. In this authentic podcast episode about self-awareness, our guest, Daniela Gillette, a person who's who stutters, talks about how she went from a person who was hiding in plain sight to radical self-acceptance. Daniela shares that it's about achieving a level of mindfulness about how she as she, 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 she shows up in, in the world. Daniela is a dynamic professional with over over 10 years of experience in technology and human resources. She is currently a PhD candidate at Loma Linda University, where she is pursuing a doctorate in public health with a focus in health education. She will be graduating in the summer of 2024. She also possesses a Master of of Science degree in health informatics from Nova Southeastern University. Take a listen to Daniela's easy and relaxed approach to her speech and how she shows up in the world every day. Hello and welcome to the Stuttering Springboard. My name is Brian Nolan, the founder of the Nolan Stuttering Foundation. Uh, one of the things we do at NSF is this podcast series to um, interview people who stutter, um, who have experienced uh, successes and and hardships, but can share their sort of you know a journey to how they advanced, how they sprung to the next level. Hence, it's called the Stuttering Springboard. And today, I've got a woman, uh, Daniela Gillette. Um, a dynamic solution-oriented professional with over a decade of experience in technology and human resources. She spent the last six years in her career in healthcare analytics, where she contributed to the success of various cost-of-care initiatives and value-based projects. She is a PhD candidate at Loma Linda University, where she's pursuing a doctorate in public health with a focus in health education. She graduates this summer, 2024. She possesses a master of science in the degree of health informatics from Nova Southeastern University and a bachelor of arts degree in psychology from the University of Miami. This woman, when I read her bio and had, I was almost overwhelmed, like, I don't know if I can handle a intellectual discussion of this level. Welcome, Daniela, to the podcast. 
Thank you so much, Brian, for having me. I'm so excited and honored to be here. It's great. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump right in, um, because because in our uh, in our in our first discussion together, um, I noticed that uh, you maintain a cadence and control in your speech um, that is really great. Um, in fact, I was like, I don't know, does, does this woman, does, does this woman stutter? Mm. Um, and so you and I got into this discussion about, well, the uh, behavioral stuttering, fluency versus what's going on inside in our minds. Um, so can you just talk a little bit about where you are now in, in stuttering uh, where you are both in your mind and do you have days where you do stutter a little more than others? Where are you in this journey? Yeah, those are very great questions. Um, where am I in my journey today? Well, I am easing into a life of comfort and that is manifesting in everything that I do and say. What is going on in my mind on a daily basis? A lot of things, but I can narrow those thoughts down to two major pillars. One being, I'm always asking myself, how do I show up in the world knowing that my existence is not an accident? Hmm. Number two is, what can I do on a daily basis to edify my mind and my spirit? Hmm. And those two things I feel are what is grounding me and allowing me to be my best and love myself unconditionally. Mm. Yeah, because yeah. I feel like my journey with stuttering has been from like, you know, for many people an uphill battle because you feel shame, you feel disconnected because it's like, why do I have to be the one to struggle with my speech? Why do I have to be the one to experience the shame? But what I've realized in my life is that the more that I exposed myself to the things that are painful, the stronger I became. Where, where did this, um, this, this thought of, um, how you show up in the world, um, that it's not an accident and 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 this mindset what i'm catching here and i caught in our in our pre-call was your mindset has become so so refined um to not let uh external situations impact you as greatly where'd that come from like did that was that that all of a sudden happen or is it been a journey <laughs> Oh, another great question. Honestly, what I can say is this. I am a great observationist. I'm always observing people, processes, and systems. And what I began to notice in people that are successful, not only fluently, but just in their lives, there's a pattern. And the pattern is confidence. The pattern is that they're able to live their life authentically. People who are truly successful meaning that they also have a level of self-awareness. And so I began to observe the way in which they carry themselves and show up in the world, 
which was their authentic self. And that meant that despite of their insecurities, they were still living a very beautiful life. And I began to think to myself, how do I replicate that, but in my life and in my own way? And so, so that that's a mindset. I, I, I often, so I'm a um, business coach. And so I, I, I tell clients, uh, don't don't listen to yourself. Talk to yourself, because if you listen to yourself, a lot of times the subconscious is not kind to you. Um, and you talk to yourself to be the person that you want, how you want to show up. Um, and, and sometimes that involves journaling and writing down and having affirmations. Do you, do you do any any of that? Yes, I do. I do daily affirmations, and I also practice positive self-talk every hour of the day, because mm -hmm. as an artificial intelligence program manager, I am really guiding impressive projects around artificial intelligence and machine learning. Mm -hmm. And so my job is to speak intelligently about just different components of the product lifecycle. And I realized that I have to affirm myself at different points of the day to ensure that I'm not shrinking because shrinking is easy, especially mm -hmm. when you have a stutter. It's easy for you to crawl back into your cocoon and say, I don't ever want to come out. But I find courage in saying that if I were to die today, I would know that I gave everything I had. And that's why I continuously push myself to do the things that are uncomfortable because mm -hmm. we all possess our own magic and power. We do. Mm -hmm. And do you want to leave this earth feeling as if you didn't give your all because you allowed fear to cloud your purpose and potential? Wow. Does, does stuttering still show up in your fluency world? Well, Brian, that's a great question. And it's an easy question for me to answer. Absolutely. <laughs> where, so where does it show up? It shows up in every single interaction that I have, whether it's virtual or in person. Okay, so we're, so we're talking right now, you and I. Yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't sense, I talk to a lot of people who stutter. And yeah. the one thing about a person who stutters is they can often... Uh, detect another person who stutters easier than someone who doesn't stutter. Yeah. Uh, and my, my stuttering detectors are on zero. Right now. <laughs> and and um, I, I'm, so I'm, I'm trying to figure out like the external, the external, cause I talked, cause I, one thing we also learn is that whether you stutter severely or mildly, um, the psychological implications of stuttering aren't that different. Like I, I'm a mild stutterer. Um, people can talk to me and, and oh, you stutter? Um, but they don't understand what's going on inside. And also my history of not as mild. And so even the slightest stutter that I make uh, brings about uh, some internal, uh, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to call it shame so much, but I'll call it shame. Like, ah, why do I still 
why do I have to switch a word right now? Yeah. So what's so what are you so what's going on in your world there? I'm going in pretty deep here early, by the way. <laughs> and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that because I feel like people who stutter need to witness someone who has gotten to a place of comfort in their lives and they don't have to pretend. I think for a long time I pretended. And this is what is tied into radical self-acceptance. Love that term. I'm very, I'm very just unabashed about who I am now. I mean, I'm 32 years old and I got to a point in my life where I no longer want to shrink. And that doesn't mean that I don't. I do shrink in some situations, but I'm able to expand very quickly because my purpose in this life is to really be my best self and be someone who is impactful because mm -hmm. I don't want to give hope, but I want to show people that when you have courage, it's a beautiful thing. When you're vulnerable, it's a beautiful thing. And people who are grounded in themselves and they have a high level of self-awareness, when they meet someone who stutters, they're not going to judge you based off of that. They're going to judge the whole person. And so for me, I've gotten to a point in my life where if I meet someone and they make me feel uncomfortable, we're not supposed to be friends. We're not supposed to be colleagues, right? People that are in my life today, they love me for who I am. Mm. And because I am accepting of myself, I make it easier for people to come into my world. Mm. When, when's the last time you had a uncomfortable stuttering situation? Just yesterday in a team meeting. <laughs> so it happens, right? What did that sound like? What did that sound like? What did that feel like? Oh, okay. So whenever I am very anxious, which is every day, <laughs> I tend to really speed up my cadence. Mm. And when that happens, I experience a block. And I, I don't fully articulate my thoughts well. And that happened yesterday in a team discussion. Mm. And when that happened, I allowed myself to feel uncomfortable. Mm. And I just continued with my speech. Yeah. Because what is someone going to say? It's like, oh, you're you're an imbecile. It's like mm. I had an uncomfortable moment and I sat with that and I continued. So let's focus on how I'm able to progress despite blocking and stuttering. That's what I really focus on is, okay, well, let's move on because most yeah. people forget that you stutter when it does happen. Yeah. It's just uncomfortable. Yeah. It's interesting. When I started this podcast with you and, and I was doing your introduction, I I started out a little fast in, in my mind. And maybe you noticed this even about halfway through or, or less, I slowed it down and I paused and, I'm, and I thought less about stuttering and more about what I want to say in the conversation. So this this idea of um, uh, being more intentional uh, about the content and um, not feeling rushed to say what you want to say, because you know people only have a certain amount of time to listen. Um, that that's been pretty impactful for me personally. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's beautiful, and and yes, I I second that. We should be focusing on what, what's the point? 
because yeah. I feel like words are valuable and words mean things. So what is the point in saying what we're saying? It's to either drive the conversation forward or contribute to a problem or find a solution. That's really what I try to focus on is what is the point in, in, in me saying what I'm saying or why I'm, why I'm even using my voice to begin with. Yeah. And usually it's to find a solution. So yeah. focus on that and less on my voice shaking or how nervous I really feel or yeah. how I have to switch when I'm trying to release a word that's blocking me. You know, it's a mindset thing, if anything else. Yeah. It's interesting. You know, my dad was amazing. He, um, it, it was like when he talked, everybody listened mm -hmm. and he never wasted words. Uh, and I feel like a lot of people who don't stutter waste a lot of words. Uh, <laughs> and um, that, uh, so um, it's, it's just interesting uh, that a lot of people who stutter are actually better communicators than people who don't stutter. Um, and so it's, and it's only when we get to that point where we value the, you know, the message communication, as opposed to be so, so focused on, mm -hmm. am I going to be able to get this word out, you know, ramble through it. Yeah. You made a comment um, in our, in our talk that when you're younger, you used to hide in plain sight. What, and I thought, man, I, I bet there's a lot of us who stutter who have had experiences hiding in plain sight what did that look like for you Daniela to hide in plain sight well it meant that I was there but I never contributed mm. and that I was just floating around and was invisible but my body was there that's really what that meant for me and throughout my life Yes, I hid in plain sight because I was too ashamed of people knowing my truth. Mm -hmm. And I was also afraid of how they would react and treat me if they knew that I stuttered. And so I made stuttering like this, like deathly illness, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, and that if anyone came, they would just, you know, get it or they wouldn't want to be around me. And what I ended up doing was I leveraged my niceness to get people to like me. Mm. And I did a great disservice to myself because I wasn't operating in my truth. And I was telling a friend the other day, there's something magical that happens once you turn 30. Mm. <laughs> and that is you don't care as much about what people think about you. And I feel like in order for us to show up as our best magical selves, you have to accept yourself. And it's hard every day mm -hmm. because you have those moments where you slip up in a very important call and you're like, it's over for me. I'm going to get fired tomorrow. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You know, <laughs> you know, and so um, I am always intentional about what I say, because I know that there is this thing that sometimes prevents me from saying what I really feel fluently. And so I just have to be very intentional in what I say and when I say it. And so um, 
I really feel like what grounds me is just radical self-acceptance. And mm -hmm. I was listening to your podcast episode with Michael Sheehan. I have yet to finish it, but it was so, so good. I'm going to go back. And what he said essentially was, you know, stuttering is something that you can't change. So you have to accept it. It's not like stuttering is like, you know, a pair of shoes or like your age. It doesn't really change, right? You may be able to control it better as you perfect your craft, but it doesn't, it's not going to disappear. So as long as I'm living, stuttering will be here. So I might as well accept it. And nine times out of 10, people that you meet will be impressed about you, who you are and how you are presenting yourself. They're focused less on your stutter. They may, you know, look at you crazy and weird at first, but the more value that you're adding in that interaction and conversation really piques their interest to want to know you more. On, on this topic of hiding in plain sight, were you one of us who sometimes sat in class and um, were you ever in class and, and hoped that you wouldn't get called on? Was that part of hiding? In plain sight? Yes, yes. I mean, hiding hiding in plain sight manifested differently in various stages of my life. So from an academic perspective, I really avoided public speaking. If I had to present anything in front of the class, I spoke very, very quickly to kind of get over it. And then I sat back down. When I joined various student organizations in high school, it was my way of trying to expose myself, but I really wasn't involved. And then moving into college, man, that was a, a very interesting experience. And I remember my junior year in college, I actually signed up to join a pageant. <laughs> and believe it or not, I was I was runner up for Miss Planet Creole at the University of Miami. And so wow. that was a very interesting experience for me. Um, and then now that I've obtained a master's degree and I'm a doctorate candidate, I'm more vocal because I have to be, right? Because my job is right now to contribute meaningfully in the field of public health. So, so yes, throughout my life and, and career, I hid in plain sight because I was afraid of speaking my truth and being who I, I am. And it takes practice to sit in the discomfort and expose yourself to the things that make you afraid. But here's the here's the kicker. We get stronger when we do hard things. Mm. We become weaker when we avoid those difficult oh conversations and experiences. And so mm. if I can become stronger by doing hard things, let me do that. Right. Let me do that. Mm. That takes such, such self-talk. I, I did a podcast with my son two weeks ago. So or so. And uh, the phrase Jack uses is growth and comfort don't coexist. And uh, the, the dis, uh, the discomfort of putting yourself out there uh, and 
and the ability to push through that takes you to new levels. Mm -hmm. And uh, as a person who stutters, when you let fear win, uh, mm -hmm. when you let fear stop you from doing it, uh, you only become less confident, less authentic, less yourself, uh, and therefore your ability to get words out becomes more difficult because the fear wins. And so now it, it looks even bigger than it is because it beat you once. Why won't it beat you again? Oof. How, do you, how do you prepare for a, a presentation now? How do you, when you have a presentation, what does that look like um, compared to when you were younger? Um, and I'll say like when I was younger, if I was in college or high school and I saw on week seven, there's presentations. It was kind of all I thought about for those seven weeks. I got to give this presentation. Holy crap. Am I going to even survive that? Is there going to be life after the presentation? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great question. And then there's now. How do you do it now? Great question. So I would say that when I was in college or even high school and I had to prepare for just a public speaking engagement, I did not understand the science of presentations. And what I mean by that is I was very glued to the slides and not the people. Right. Less, I was less focused on creating connection and more focused on reading from the slides because that is what was comfortable for me. So I never had any problems with like reading aloud. My, my stutter was exacerbated when I had to actually meet someone or speak in front of a large group of people. But what I've learned throughout my career, and this revelation came about a year ago, is that my communication style is more is more focused on the facts. It's more facts-based. And what I wasn't doing was tying in the story. So mm. when I am presenting now, I form connection by storytelling. Mm. And that's the difference. And I also have a lot of notes because for me, I'm a very sequential, systematic person. So I like to have a system in place. So I always have my, like my beginning, my middle and my end. What do I want people to know? What do I want them to do? And so everything that I say has to drive them to that final destination. So for me right now, I'm practicing the art of storytelling because mm -hmm. that is what leverages the right brain and allows people to connect with us. That's great. Great point. We always say never uh, make a point without telling a story, never tell a story without making a point. And people, people follow stories and they learn through stories. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've learned that too. So uh, safe to say you put in a lot of hours before a presentation. Oh yes. I put in a lot of hours I forgot to mention this in my response, but Christian Camella, who is my speech or communications coach, she introduced the concept of the transition breath, which is more of like taking a minute or two to really settle your emotions and just breathe and ease into the conversation. And so I, I first leveraged that, the transition breath. And before I implement the transition breath, I already have my notes and my focus outlined. So I know what I want to do, where I want to go. And then easing into that actual presentation, I am leveraging the transition breath and being okay with pausing. 
pause mm. long enough where other people would say, is she okay? But mm. that's me giving myself enough time to ramp up to say the next thing. Being being comfortable in a pause is, uh, I want to call that a key tool for not only people who stutter, but for anybody in a presentation who doesn't want to get ahead of it, who doesn't want, who wants to gain control of their message again. And people hang on in the audience, they hang on to that pause. They're waiting as yeah. opposed to throwing in extra words. Yeah. It's not good to throw in extra words. You know, um, I, I started to become a better public speaker when I began looking at my audience in the eye. I was connecting with them. I, I love that part that that you said. I used to have PowerPoints out filled with words. <laughs> like at the very least, they can read the words. Yeah. Now I now I have a PowerPoint with a picture of something bizarre, something to gain their interest, something I can tell a story around. Yeah. And then I connect with the people. Um I I recently gave a keynote and um it was about how uh, the obstacle is the way. I don't know if you know the author Ryan Holiday. Ryan Holiday. I've heard of him, but haven't really looked into his work. So I, I would encourage uh, listeners to read The Obstacle is the Way. Um, the impediment to action advances action. What stands in the way becomes the way. Um, sometimes uh, um, what is seen in, in the moment as uh, a really bad thing um, in our lives uh, ends up being the very thing that propels us forward to a new level. And um, so I, I shared my uh, journey with uh, 300 people uh, as a person who stutters. And I said, imagine being in seventh grade and giving a presentation and the girl you liked is in the audience. And um, all of a sudden it's, it's blurry, you know, uh, for those of you who have ever stuttered and had the sweats break out. And I don't know if you've ever, you don't, I don't know if you've ever had a severe stutter like that. Um, and then I, I go forward and say, I would not be the human being I am today if I didn't stutter. There's no question in my mind. I would not be Brian Nolan. I would not be this authentic Brian with the empathy I wouldn't have started Nolan Stuttering Foundation uh, to go back now and affect hopefully a million people if I didn't stutter. So the very thing that as a kid crushed me mm. now makes makes me great. That's yeah. that's my story, Danielle, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that because that is what grounds you and that is what makes you even more magical because of how you show up in the world right your ability to have the courage to be vulnerable to be authentic in this in this walk of life is admirable and this is why i do what i do which is i speak about this this thing um so so openly because i i know that there are people who are really in their own way they're in their way. Yeah. And I, I got to a point in my career where I realized that I was the blocker and I didn't want to be that person anymore. I want to be the person that 
can guarantee my success. Because here's what I know, as long as I'm doing what is righteous, as long as I am being um, honest and authentic with people and my intentions are pure and I am not afraid to work, the universe will continue to work with me and not against me. So wow. everything that I do in my life, I am manifesting, I am envisioning this beautiful life that I want to live because I deserve to live that. And so when when someone has a deficiency, they feel like they're not worthy. And it kind of goes back to my initial point, which is that how do I show up in the world knowing that my existence is not an accident? Mm -hmm. The answer is I show up. I show up every day and I do the work despite it being hard and despite me feeling uncomfortable or having a bad speech day. I experienced that. It's hard to believe because I sound so fluent, but I experience every single emotion that any disfluent person would feel. I experience wow. it. Mm. But what makes me different is that I keep going. Mm. You know, it, it, this this concept of how I show up in the world um, intrigues me because it's a, it's a major paradigm shift that I, I show up for me, not for other people. And I feel like for years I, I spent... You know, how are other people going to perceive me? How, you know, in this interaction, uh, if I can't get this word out, as opposed to um, really getting, I, I would say you get your strength from within. You don't get it out there. You get your strength from within. And don't don't look for your own strength within other people. Uh, look from it from within. And what's interesting is I, I've sometimes I stutter more in front of some people than others. And I'm curious about that. That means that must mean that I'm looking for strength outside. Um, and that's a message to me that that's not super healthy. And mm -hmm. only when I can then have self-awareness. And I think you and I talked about this. One of my favorite things to do is to pull up and look down on a conversation that I'm having and 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 look and feel the feelings I'm feeling in this conversation. And then, uh, you know, have have some control over how I want to show up. And uh, so, you know, you said at age 30, things change. You just wait till you get to be 60. <laughs> oh, it only gets better, Daniela. You're going to be a rock star. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Can you share um, any of the work you and Kristen do, Chris, um, in terms of communication? You, you mentioned transition breaths. Um, I know she's really big on mindfulness and it sounds like she's helped you reinforce that thinking. Uh, is there anything you could share with us or some, some of the uh, discussions you and her have? Well, here's what I will say that I, I love Kristen Camilla and she came into my life at a great point because I was already at a point of high self-awareness. So our conversations were much easier, but the approach that she shared with me uh, is known as the easy, relaxed approach. And once I began to implement that in my way of speaking, my confidence went up even more, even more. And so Kristen, for me, I always tell her she's a beacon in the lives of many people that she 
uh, interacts with or is in. And for me, not only did she show me the importance of mindfulness, but she also encouraged me to leverage the easy, relaxed speech. And that's what I've been using really ever since. I think I used it in previous years, but never knew the name or approach. I just kind of slowed down my rate of speech and then Kristen kind of reinforced it by giving it a name. And ever since then, I've just been integrating that in every situation that I have. And it doesn't mean that I don't have moments of quickening my cadence or blocking. I experience those things from time to time. But what I will say is that my speech has improved and so has my mind because mm -hmm. I realize that once my mind is sound, my body, my emotions, and my spirit will follow. And so I just try to have in every interaction an easy, relaxed approach. And then I make sure I do my best to implement the transition breath. Hmm. Can you can you compare the difference between this easy, relaxed approach, easy, relaxed speech, mm -hmm. and um, what some therapists may call uh, um, the slower talking, easy onset that may not sound normal to us. Mm -hmm. So somehow you've made this uh, easy, relaxed speech part of your normal self. Mm -hmm. um, so how do you normalize, I guess is what I'm getting at, the easy, relaxed speech so that feels normal to you as opposed to just slow down and work the words. You know what I mean by, by that difference? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, here's what I will say. I I feel like when you have learned a new speaking technique and you're applying it in any new situation, it's going to feel uncomfortable. And so for me, the adoption of the easy, relaxed speech I've made it who I am because here's what I realized. If I'm in a conversation with someone, when they're speaking, that's their world. But when I'm speaking, you're coming into my world. So I will speak as slow, as quick, as whatever, steady as I want, because you're coming into my world. So I, I feel like once I've learned this this new approach, it's becoming a part of my everyday speech because I don't feel the need to rush. And with this relaxed approach, what I learned from Kristen is that don't focus more on elongating every single syllable. Focus on speaking at a rate that is easier for you. And so if I know a word starts with a vowel, I'm not necessarily focused on uh, applying, for example. I am focused more on what do I want to say? I want to say that applying this speech method allows me to convey my thoughts clearly. Interesting. Interesting. You know, um, 
I love what you said by uh, you're coming into my world. I I think that my speech is rushed and therefore not as fluent when I'm going into their world. The, the problem, though, is that uh, people don't always listen real well. And so um, I, I have antennas up, right? So my antennas, I, I think is people who stutter, I, I do believe um, we have a stuttering lens that has more antennas, tentacles, if you will, than other people who don't stutter. And so I feel like I'm aware instantly, instantly, when someone is not listening to me closely, I'm aware of it. And therefore, I'm more likely to stutter because I don't feel, now I'm in their world. And I hate that, Danielle, I hate it. And so sometimes there's this gift of, um, I have awareness. I, I can walk into a room and begin talking to people and I can immediately sense what's going on in this room. I, I It's crazy. Um, and so the that's helpful, but the key is not to let that affect our cadence and our speech, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm, uh, I'm riffing here because I'm having this epiphany of, um, hey, hey, you're coming into my world now. So I'm not going to adjust my speech because your world stopped thinking about what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Yep, you are coming into my world, and and I like how you brought up the uh, the senses, right? Which is that if you're someone that is dealing with some kind of challenge, you're weakened by that challenge, but other areas are heightened. Yes. So I feel like in my case, I am a great empathizer. I'm a great listener. I'm an active listener and I can paraphrase every single thing that you just stated because I know how to listen. Right. And I think the theory in, hey, you're coming into my world allows me to be less anxious because I don't feel the need to rush. I think in conversations with people who are fluent, they speak quickly, fast. And here you are trying to keep up uh, listening wise. And then when it's your time to speak, you feel the need to mirror and match them. Yes. I don't want to do that. I want to speak at a rate that is comfortable for me. And if I notice that you are not interested, I'm not afraid in cutting it short. Mm. Because as I mentioned to you, words mean things. Right on. Every word matters. And so I don't want to waste energy or words on a conversation that's not going to lead to anything impactful. Mm. So that's my approach. I'm not afraid to cut a conversation short. Well, thank you so much for your time. Yeah. You know, it, but, and also you realize that people value you because you listen. Yeah. I've, I've realized that there are people in my life who I know, but I, you know, that I, maybe I don't have to talk. Sometimes I feel like I need to talk. But really, the value that I bring um, is this ability to listen authentically, since mm -hmm. to be that person who's giving the gift of 100% attention mm -hmm. is pretty tough to do. 
Mm -hmm. um, and how important is that in a marriage, by the way? Uh, <laughs> right? Pretty important. <laughs> Pretty important. It's important. And so people who stutter, uh, I think, have a greater gift. Mm -hmm. um, and so let's focus on that gift, which is what other people so appreciate in this world. Will somebody just listen? Yeah. And we're always trying to state our point. We're always trying to, but really understand that we can give a lot of people a gift by listening to them. Uh, so I've, 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 I've concluded a lot of that, that there are people in my life that it's okay that I don't say lots of words. Yeah. And I, and I shouldn't feel like I have to, to, to make a point about who I am. Because I already know who I am. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know who you are. You know the value that you present to every single relationship that you're in. And and that should be the focus is you're a valuable person. And, you know, even though most people don't know that, they may not know that ever. As long as you know that and you're operating authentically, I feel your people will find you. That's right. That's exactly right. And they will get you. And they will get you yeah. and they will get you and they will not even see your imperfections at right. all. It's it actually your imperfections are perfect. Perfect. Yeah. yeah perfectly imperfect. Yeah. Um, those are the people you need to be with. Um, you know, when I was, when I was reviewing your resume and talking to you, um, I really couldn't believe um, all the things you're doing and then all the things you want to do. And I was like, how is this woman going to do all these incredible things? Uh, so I, I, wanna, um, I wanna move our call now to where you're going. Um, you're gonna get a doctorate soon. Um, you wrote a primary aim for me, um, which is picturing yourself five years out. I was like, man, this is the next, this is the first African-American president of the United States. <laughs> I think if not, if not her, then who? <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. Uh, so, so where, where are you going with, um, you know, I, there's a phrase, a lot is, a lot is asked of a person where a lot is given. Yeah. And so you've arrived at this understanding of self and now, uh, staying in that zone of of comfort, as opposed to doing so many things. So where are you going? Where Where am I going? A lot of places. Yeah, I can see. <laughs> A lot of places because life is limitless. We are the ones who create limits around us by how we think, what we do, and what we say. So that's the first thing I want to say is life is limitless. So when you know that there are no chains, there's freedom. And so I'm going a lot of places because I'm excited about living. I really am. I'm excited about the work that I will do around maternal health. I want to be one of the first women who will, who, who will leverage machine learning to help women of color who are dealing with maternal health issues. And I also want to get into film. 
because I realized that film is one way to express yourself, one way to tell a story. And one thing I didn't mention is that uh, I was introduced to theater when I was a freshman in college. And I was an understudy in this play in St. Louis that's called um, My Heart is Always Shaking. And it tells a story of refugee women from Afghanistan and their transition and assimilation to the American culture. And I loved it. I loved dancing. I love everything art and theater. And so uh, once I get some downtown, I really want to get into film. I want to get into storytelling sharing stories about just legacy, wealth, mindset, maternal health, people, evolution, all the good things that are circling us today. And I also want to do a lot in technology, especially as it relates to helping more women get into technology. And why is that? Well, I was able to transition into tech without background experience. And a lot of women ask me, how did you do this? And although I understand that my strategy won't work for everyone, here's what I do know. There is someone out there, an employer, that's willing to give you a chance because you're eager to learn and you know how to add value. Mm -hmm. And so that is, that's the strategy, is teaching people how to extract those various things out of you and really vocalize and articulate that to anyone that you that you meet. And so my future is very bright. You know, one of my original goals, career goals following graduation is is to become a chief data officer. And in speaking to a lot of mentors and colleagues, they encouraged me to not focus on the title, but focus on the work. And my interest is you know, using data and technology to solve complex problems at the intersection of healthcare, public health, and business operations. Mm. So, so you're a data person, but you're a person person. I'm interested <laughs> in in this. I mean, you're uh, you love data. Is it that you you will build a team of people? Um, do you look to become a manager of people to uh, develop them to become the best version of themselves uh, or and or do you get lost in data um, where um, I'm going to go off on a, a quick tangent there's a there's a great book called Love Plus Work by Marcus Buckingham do you know Marcus Buckingham I don't okay for the author I mean for people listening Marcus Buckingham um, is an English person from Britain. Uh, he's a person who stutters. Um, he wrote um, probably my favorite business book of, of all, First Break All the Rules, uh, back in 1998, about um, really how to lead people. Um, and um, so he also talks in the book about his his experience stuttering, which, which is interesting. But um, back to the point, um, love plus work is how to identify uh, the work of the work that you do that brings love into your work, that where you uh, lose time, it goes by without even knowing it, where people recognize it of you 
and you don't recognize it often of yourself. You know, often our greatest strengths is just us. So we don't see him as strengths. We see him as us. So love plus work gets out of what is it that I need to do that I'm going to be happy every day. Mm -hmm. And uh, you have to find love every day in your work. You don't have to love every part of your work. You have to love 20% of your work, which is interesting, which seems low. But um, there are people going to work every day that are just going through the motions. You don't love it. Like, I'm a coach. Can I tell you that I, I love when I connect with a business owner and they they see things you know together? So that's a long segue into what do you love? Hmm. Wow. I love a lot of things, but I love transformation. I love transformation, whether it's personal, professional, business focused. I love transformation because my life is an example, a testament of transformation. That's, I love that. That's and so, so awesome. and so and so when you asked about, do I want to build a team of people? or just get into the weeds of data. I have a passion of helping people and organizations transform. Mm. So you look for that transformation. You can, you feel transformation happening. Yeah. yeah. Like the, you, you don't like status quo. You're like, you're looking for change. Yeah. 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 Because that helps our evolution. If That's we're not so cool. changing, yeah. If we're not changing, then there's a problem. We have to change. I think that life is changing around us, right? We're talking more about artificial intelligence, which poses an existential threat to humanity. Life is going to change. And so we must adopt ourselves to what is coming. And too many times people are not thinking about the future. I think about the future every day because that's what's coming. Even though I try to be in the present, I always prepare for what is coming because nice. it's not a matter of if, it's when. Right. All right. Well, we're going long here. Uh, I And we did a lot of great riffing today, by the way. I love it. I love it. Um, I want to ask you um, if, to go back to to your high school self. Mm -hmm. I want you to look at your high school self and I want you to tell your high school self what what you'd want to tell your high school self. And then I'm going to ask you to talk to your college self. Mm -hmm. In the context of people listening on this call who are at these levels who have not reached radical self-acceptance. Hmm. What I would tell my high school self is take the time to figure out who you are and what you want to become truly, not because of what your parents say or what people expect of you. Who do you really want to be based on the purpose and vision you have around your life? My college self. I would tell her, be patient because life gets better. And the more you practice hard things, 
the more proficient you are becoming. And when I do a retrospective analysis of my life now, everything to your point, everything that I've done makes me who I am today. And even this version of Daniela will change five years from now because evolution is, is necessary. And so um, those are the messages that I would give my high school and college self. That's, that's so beautiful, Daniela. I want to add in just like takeaway that I have is um, don't spend your time going into other people's lives. Have them come into your world. Uh, and no more hiding in plain sight. <laughs> yeah. And think about how you're showing up in the world. And all the beautiful messages you shared on this podcast. I'm I'm very, very grateful for uh, how you showed up on this podcast. Because mm -hmm. uh, I, I feel like I've grown through it. Wow. Thank you so much, Brian. And yeah. I love what you're doing with your show. It's really transforming the lives of many people who have a stutter. And I hope that when they listen to this episode, that they'll find the courage to do hard things too. Thanks, Daniela. And until we talk again, continue to be bold, continue to be brave, continue to change the world. Nolan Stuttering Foundations, or NSF's primary purpose is to bring young people who stutter together and help them become the best versions of themselves. We do this through programming design to help them share and navigate the unique communication and psychological challenge they experience. NSF helps prepare young people to take the next step in their lives, whether it's high school, college, or, or, or your, your career. For ideas and and contributions to the podcast, contact us at info at nolansf.org.